ho, ho. Santa Claus is getting ready. There he goes. Get more presents ready. Ho, ho, ho. Hey, it's Connect the Dots. This is the radio show that we speak the truth. You know, you're going to hear things on this show that you ain't going to hear anywhere else because, hey, this is BBS Radio, Radio Free America, and the name of the show is Connect the Dots. We're going to connect this one to that one, and uh, it's going to make picture of mosaic and then when we look at that mosaic oh hey it all falls in place yeah and we see the uh, ugly face of the uh, ugly ones and we see the pretty face of the pretty ones however who out there knows about the Al Debarons yeah yeah it's the new gang on the street now <laughs> no gang in our solar system the Aldebarons. Well, if you've been to the portal, uh, 2012portal.blogspot.com, uh, the most recent uh, tweet via the Cobra Collective, or the Cobra Man, uh, is that the first contact with humanity is no longer going to be the Pleiadians. Pleiadians. Yeah, however you want to say it. It's going to be at the Aldebarons. I believe that's how uh, you say it. Yeah, somebody, I don't know. Uh, people are change, uh, changing their minds. Star, star races are changing their mind. Decisions are being made. But that's it. The Pleiadians uh, and the Pleiadian Collective, they're out. They said they don't want to meet the... Uh, Earth people <laughs> to be the first contact ones. I'm not sure why. Maybe they think we're trouble. Um, or they're getting cold feet. <laughs> yeah, they got feet just like us. So another uh, humanoid-looking species called the Aldebarons are going to be the first contact race with humanity. How about that? And uh, what do the Aldebarons look like? Well, I hear they're humanoid like us. But so you can forget about those blonde-haired, uh, blue-eyed, uh, Scandinavian-looking Pleiadians because they're not going to show their face right after the event eventually. And uh, who knows what these Aldebarons look like? Yeah, I heard they're humanoid, yeah. Two hands, two feet. Five fingers on each hand, five uh, toes on each foot, something like that. But um, by the way, it's spelled A-L-D-E-B-A-R-A-N-S. And uh, I pronounce that the Aldebarons. Yeah, make way for the Aldebarons because they're going to be the first contact race now. Just when you thought nothing else could change, well, it's changed already. And, uh, hey, visit the portal and see for yourself what's going on. 
Um, <laughs> well, that's the world news event for today. Hey, I mean, the, the uh, solar system news event. Of course, there'll still be things like the um, uh, command 12-21 that you say three times when you want some assistance by which, by way, which will still be given by the Pleiadians or Pleiadians. You know, uh, there's, a, there's a movie, yeah, we can call it a famous movie, out from, uh, I think, 1996. The famous Willie Nelson uh, plays uh, uh, a main character in the movie. Yeah, it's called Starlight, I believe. And uh, I believe in that movie, too. Uh, he calls them Pleiadians, and he also calls them Pleiadians. So uh, take your pick. What's the right pronunciation? I don't know. You tell me. Hey, it's a call in radio show, 888-627-6008. Yeah. And talk about a 008. Hey, more secret than 007. <laughs> You know, uh, just from the uh, the uh, point of coincidence, I happen to be watching a rerun of a, a famous TV sh show series out of England called The Saint. Yeah, uh, Roger Moore was the was the saint, and one of the episodes. At the end of the episode, he had to get some assistance, well, he had to get some assistance during the episode from a, a hotel worker, uh, a woman who was a little older than he was, and he conned her into believing that he was uh, a secret agent for the British government, and that's why she should help him and get the key to a certain room where a suspect was uh, hiding out in the hotel so he could uh, go in and snoop around. So anyhow, at the end of the episode, uh, she she pops up in the final scene and she says, oh, it was so much fun helping a special agent like you. You're just like James Bond. And this is 1963, uh, English TV show. And uh, he just looks at the camera and smiles and they put that little saint halo over him and with a little music theme uh, from a woman who's two-faced and um, <laughs> and of course uh, Roger Moore later uh, came to play James Bond in the movies but it's just kind of uh, a unique uh, circumstance there coincidence that uh, you know, she refers to Roger Moore as James Bond in uh, 1963, and maybe, I don't know, what was it, 40 years later, he played uh, James Bond in the movie, in one of the uh, movies. Well, uh, talk about uh, things connecting from here to there. Well, those kind of things happen all the time, but that's an interesting one. You know, I have to talk about 9-11. Look how many 
cartoons, how many movies had that scene. Uh, Simpsons, one of the best, <laughs> of uh, things relating to 9-11 and buildings coming down. And I recently had a discussion with uh, someone. Uh, we talk about those kind of things, and uh, <laughs> I mentioned that, uh, you know, it's a believable possibility that uh, if you can accept that time travel is possible, that uh, people have, uh, you know, we have a popular planet, all kinds of uh, beings show up on our planet, including ones that know time travel. And uh, they, some of them have gone into the future and found out events and come back and... Uh, relay the truth to the human race of, uh, or almost like prophesizing that, uh, keep your eyes open. This is going to happen or, uh, considered to be wary of the possibility of this happening. And, uh, they, uh, well, back after they go into the future, get the knowledge, they come back to the present time, whatever time that may be. And then they release this knowledge somehow in movies or, uh, other, platforms where uh, when the event finally happens, then we can look back and see, look, we were being told about that 20 years ago. We were being told about 30, that 30 years ago. We were being told about that just two years ago, and here it's happening now. Well, with time travel, yeah, people can go into the future, and if they think there's important events that maybe people beforehand should be made aware of. So either one, they could avoid it, or just two, to let people know that time travel was the only explanation how this could possibly happen. And then uh, you, we could also conclude, hey, all things are happening actually at the same time. And um, But uh, when you're living a, a, a linear timeline life, you don't see it like that. And so uh, it kind of shocks you, like, how did, how did someone know about this? Well, there's your explanation, time travel. Someone goes into the future, gets the future information, comes back and uh, puts it out there. And then when the event happens, you look back and say, wow, they were talking about that back then. Yeah, somebody knew about that back then. Was they a prophet? Was he a prophet? Was she a prophet? Could be. Or maybe that's how all prophets are. <laughs> they have the gift of time travel or the knowledge of how to do it. And they do it, and then they reveal the information, and people go, oh, wow, how did you know that? Meanwhile, are you talking to your DNA? <laughs> you ought to be. Um, and there's a lot of reasons to uh, take that seriously. You know, the uh, Navajo people, there was a book, um, I can't think of who it was now, one of the elders of the Navajo um, wrote a book himself or co-wrote it, where he was um, a really re revered person, you know, lived a li life as, uh, in poverty, but he had knowledge, and uh, he was recognized that uh, uh, his corn that grew on the reservation was bigger and better than everybody else's corn. And uh, when questioned why, he explained that he planted the seeds, he would talk to 
the seeds he planted. And he would go out there every day and talk to them, the seeds in the ground. And when the plants came up, he would talk to the plants also and encourage them. And that's what made, literally, that's what made his plants grow bigger, faster, and stronger than all the other people on the reservation growing things like corn. And uh, um, an important quote in the book, he says that uh, this is an important factor when you're planting seeds, that you talk to those seeds because um, it will help them grow bigger and stronger the plants from those seeds. And, of course, the seeds are wondering, if you're not talking to them, the seeds are actually wondering, why aren't you talking to me? Don't you know? <laughs> well, there you go, some knowledge. Next time you think about pl planting something in your garden, make sure you talk to your seeds. And when the plant starts to grow, talk to it every day because... Even though it can't speak back in English or whatever language you're talking, it hears your message and it responds appropriately and in a good way. You know, you've got indoor plants, talk kindly to them too. They will appreciate it. Yes, the message gets across uh, language barriers. And don't forget to talk to your DNA. Because your DNA needs to evolve right now. I mean, I hear that uh, there are those in our solar system now in the higher evolved dimensions, the faster right breeding realms that are looking in on humanity. And when we sleep, they do their best to reactivate dormant DNA and uh, reconfigure it for what's coming. What's coming? The event is coming. Yeah, it's the quantum recrystallization of all matter on planet Earth. You know, this was actually, I mean, it's, uh, there's a lot of things talked about it on the portal. And you can find a lot of things people on Twitter are, are talking about it. If you follow the right people, find out who they are, the star seeds. And uh, other uh, special people that have set up uh, sites on Twitter to represent what's coming. Yeah, the event is coming, the quantum recrystallization of all matter on Earth. Yeah, our carbon bodies are going to be turned into silicon-based bodies. They'll be a little lighter, you know, moving in the transparent direction. And there'll be perfect bodies, bodies that uh, we don't require a lot of maintenance like the uh, carbon-based blood and flesh we have now. And um, we're going to get them. There's going to be that transmutation happening during the event. It won't be a long process. It'll happen close to instantaneously. But maybe it'll seem like a minute. Maybe it'll seem like 10 minutes. But it won't take that long. And um, we might look at ourselves and see ourselves changing. <laughs> uh, we'll, or we'll just feel it first and then look in the mirror later. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Now, actually, the first uh, um, 
I don't know, 30, 40, 50 years ago, this information was starting to come out in books. Yeah, as much as 50 years ago. And uh, now, in the, in the last uh, 10 or 12 years, it, it's, there's been a lot of talk about it because we're getting real close. Uh, and 20, 25, you'll come alive. We're talking about 2025. 20, and, uh, you know, I've come across the information that the, uh, and uh, th this was put out on the portal, that 2012portal.blogspot.com. That, uh, yeah, the, the, it has to happen by July 2025. Nobody knows the exact date, but I imagine it might, they might drag it out to that time. So the most we can expect, according to the information that's been presented to us, for this old reality to stay in place is uh, July of 2025, which uh, gives us uh, a good year and a half <laughs> of this reality. So you better... Enjoy what you can of this reality because the reality is going to change. Some things will disappear, you know. In fact, uh, that was prophesied back in the uh, 2,000 years ago by Jesus himself when he said, only the thing, creations that my Father is behind will be everlasting ones. All else will be gone. So a lot is going to disappear, especially in a world like this, where a lot of it is fake, ungodly. Our dear Mother Earth, of course, she's in the fifth dimension already, waiting for us. Come on, you slowpoke humans, I'm waiting for you. Um, she doesn't speak in language. <laughs> she makes herself known through the wind. <laughs> whispers in the wind and earthquakes and volcanoes and, and tsunamis. Well, I tell you, they talk about um, the people who are talking about what the future has to hold and the new um, things, qualities that the new humans are going to have at the fingertips and that the importance of even now is that the statement has been made that we create our reality with our own thinking. Now, so with our own thinking, we should be thinking that we don't want a tsunami. <laughs> we don't not want a pole ship that's going to create tsunamis uh, shortly after the event. In fact, uh, I only wish I could communicate one-to-one, -one, you know, like a real phone conversation even, if not face-to-face -face with this uh, COBRA representative of the Gal Galactic Confederation. And look up those words in the dictionary. Confederate has a slightly different meaning than federation. So confederation is not exactly federation. And, of course, their both groups are out now. You know, the Confederation uh, is the one connected to the portal. 
and the Galactic, plain Galactic Federation, well, they're out there. And they have their um, Aurora Ray messenger, which sometimes seems to be a woman, and other times uh, the... um, when it comes to the tweets on Twitter, it appears to be a man or war away. Uh, but uh, go figure, what can I tell you? Anyhow, you know, the Galactic Confederation talked about after the event, after they pass out the goodies, uh, reset the, uh, the banking system, and uh, gather up all the um, the bad guys that haven't been uh, gathered up yet, the last diehards of the evil negative forces, and take them off the planet, throw them in the central sun for disintegration. Yeah, that'll work. But um, they talk about um, uh, the pole shift of Earth shortly after the event, and it's going to create tsunami waves. First, uh, it was only a mile high, and you know, and the latest stuff is uh, four or five mile, miles high. Now, does anybody really want this? I don't want it to, to happen like that. And that's why, you know, and then they said, you got three choices. You, well, either you're going to die. If you stay here, you're going to die by the tsunami. And if you can escape up to the Himalayas, You'll, you can ride it out, and um, or you can uh, be rescued by our motherships, and we'll take you somewhere. I take us somewhere. Like what? You know, I don't. I'm not too keen on that myself, and I know other people aren't either. You know, I mean, what happened to the promise the new Earth is going to be here if we make it through the event that? Uh, you mean in a couple months where we get to a taste of the uh, heaven on earth and then we have to leave it? And you, uh, it's going to be allowed for tsunamis to ruin the whole surface of the planet? What kind of nonsense is that? Whose crazy plan is that? I don't like it. And I'm going to use my willpower to, no, I don't want this to happen. And the, these people who are in charge of the situation, come on, you're coming here, you're, you're battling... Uh, Powerful negative aliens, you're doing all this, you got all the technologies, and don't try to tell me that you can't uh, uh, orchestrate a pole shift without gigantic tsunamis. I mean, uh, you know, I, I don't get it. I mean, if, the, if, the, if there's going to be that quantum, quantum recrystallization of all matter on Earth, and uh, planet Earth will be a jewel of new matter and everything like that, and then you want to wash it over with salt water from the oceans, tsunami, and, uh, what, you know, uh, something doesn't add up here. But, um, so, my focus is on, no, I don't want this to happen. I want you guys to stop agreeing that this is okay because it's not okay. You know, but it's uh, one of the dilemmas here is that uh, uh, 
basically, we don't get to talk to these people that are running the show. You know, we can say thank you for all that you've done. Thank you for what you're doing. But at the same time, you seem to keep me making excuses why you don't want to talk to us. You know, it's frustrating in a way. And um, we deserve a little more consideration. You know, what about the violet flame? As I stand there, I call upon the violet flame to come down around me and protect me from negative frequencies to transmute all negative frequencies into good frequencies. I call upon the violet flame. I invoke the violet flame, the violet flame to transmute all negative frequencies. This is an important thing to do. And uh, we should uh, take it. Hey, disconnection problems with the phone. What is going on? We just can't count on these uh, electronic devices 100%. But we do the best we can. And uh, as the world turns, as we say, hey, electromagnetic interferences can always happen. And we can probably expect more of them in the future. You know what I'm saying here? Yep, we can expect more in the future because that's the kind of crazy world we're living in now where things are changing so fast, sometimes it's enough to get your head spinning. And... uh, this is Connected Dots Radio Show. <laughs> and for a minute there, we got disconnected. And uh, all I can say is, hey, I was in the middle of uh, invoking the violet flame to transmute. And uh, I guess they transmuted a little too much. But that's one important thing to do in life. If you want protection from negative frequencies, is to invoke the violet flame. That's the term to use. And you can envision violet light coming down directly from the central sun in the center of the universe to come down around you and protect you with frequency protection. I invoke the violet flame to protect me, to put energies around me to transmute any negative energies that might come to affect my aura, to affect my being and transmute them into positive energies. Like love, yes, love is the most powerful 
frequency in the universe. Love is what we should have in our hearts all the time. And our heart is where we project love from. And when we walk around during the day and amongst others, that should be the main focus of our mind, to project love. Because love is the most powerful force in the universe. Love. Spell it. L-O-V-E. Love. And uh, it's a word that's even lovely to say. When we say love, we should think love. Hey, you ever heard the saying? Cut it out with those four-letter words, not that four-letter word. Love is a four-letter word, but it's a good four-letter word. Now, all I have to say is love, love, love. Love your neighbor. Love yourself. Love as many things as possible. Yeah. And the more we talk about being loving, the more we will be loving people. And uh, that's what the future of Earth is going to be. We're going to be people who love each other in every way and shape. You know, the only thing that is better than love is love. (laughs) God is love, and love is the power that will give us our second chance. You know, it's quite a shame what's going on over in uh, the Middle East, they restarted the war. Very, very bad. You know, the only solution to, to end that war actually is love. Violence won't end the problem there. And as a matter of fact, a number of years ago, I wrote a song. Uh, called Jerusalem. You can find it out there on YouTube. Um, It's a CD baby. I talk about CD baby, you know. I got two albums out with them. And CD baby is a good uh, organization to have your music put out there in the world because they, they, and for no extra charge, they put your music out on YouTube for you. So that song, Jerusalem, is out there on YouTube, Care of CD Baby. It's on my album, Songs Better Than Dylan. That's 23 songs I got on there. And they're well-written, many of them philosophical songs. And that particular one offered the, uh, the only solution for peace in the Middle East. And uh, I took the name Jerusalem because that's a major boiling point, the city of Jerusalem, you know, half half controlled by the Palestinians and half controlled by the Israelis. 
and uh, it has biblical significance. You know, Jesus uh, went there and preached. But uh, they're still battling over who owns uh, the property. But that song, Jerusalem, uh, if you're listening to my voice, you should look it up and listen to the words. And, you know, uh, because I deal with CD Baby and because uh, they put all your uh, album cuts out there for free on YouTube, you can listen to the whole song for free. You know, and if you can find it in your heart to uh, download copy, that's the only way I can make money off it. But you still, whether you decide to download a copy, so uh, I can receive uh, a measly 90 cents for your downloaded uh, copy. Uh, find it in your heart to do it. But even if you don't do that, it's important to go out there and listen to the words of that song, Jerusalem. You know, it has some very important lines in it. Like we all want peace, you know. It's time to leave our hate and anger behind, you know. And boy, is that a message that everybody out there in the Middle East needs to hear, especially the governments. Of course, the governments are—they're beyond help, you know. Hamas and the uh, Zionist uh, Israeli government. They don't really represent the people. They represent negative ET forces that want violence. They represent demons that want violence. And that's what the, uh, is happening now. So the people, the poor people that are being, uh, have been forced into this, the poor people that have been killed, and the poor people that are suffering, the people of those two nations, Israel and Palestine, they have to get rid of their governments, yes, and uh, start treating their neighbors with love and kindness. And they, in order to do that, they have to leave their hate and anger behind. Because deep down, they all want peace. Sure, there's a lot of problems with the land grabs and stuff, but that is where the real solution lies. Getting, you know, giving up the hate and anger because nothing good can come out of that and understand that God is love and love is the power that will give you your final chance of working things out. The, uh, and so that's important information. So I'll say it one more time before I move on. The name of the song is called Jerusalem. I uh, put it out on my album about uh, about six years ago. And, uh, you know, because I write philosophical songs and songs that have meaning. And uh, you can find it out there on YouTube. And uh, you might have to put CD Baby songs better than Dylan when you key it in to make sure it comes up. And, of course, you could probably add my name by Tom Edison and the name of the song, Jerusalem. And you will get it, and then you can play it and listen to it for free and then maybe pass the knowledge of what's written in the song uh, to other people. And maybe it'll make its way all the way over to uh, 
Jerusalem all the way over to Palestine, and people can start talking about what the real solution is here. You know, I mean, it's going to be rough to leave your hate and anger behind, but it's the only sensible thing to do because those negative emotions of hate and anger will only keep you locked into battle, you know, and you don't want to, I'm sure you all had enough of the war already, so it would be better if you weren't locked into battle. And the only way to do that is you have to forgive and forget, as hard as it may be. But this is what needs to be talked about, that uh, situation over there. And hopefully uh, what I'm talking about tonight will get to some people and they'll, they'll uh, uh, retell my conversation to people tomorrow. And the more people we can get on the bandwagon to give up our hate and anger, the more we'll all be evolving to the frequency of love. When we can love our brothers and sisters regardless of uh, the differences we might have, uh, we'll be moving in the right direction. And of course, if you want to be part of Mother Earth after the uh, upcoming event in about a year and a half, if not sooner, maybe, you're going to have to be a loving human being to be part of the future of humanity, or you're going to get taken somewhere else where you can continue fighting and serving uh, negative forces and keeping yourself locked in battle. You know, there's been, <laughs> there's been many science fiction movies that uh, play up these scenarios of being locked in battle eternally or rejuvenating into something brighter. Science fiction movies are a way of learning things. A lot of philosophical uh, themes are put forth in science fiction movies. A lot of warnings are put in science fiction movies. Oh, God, how many warnings have there been in science fiction movies? And uh, while we're talking on that, as I was talking before about this uh, uh, acceptance of there's going to be, after the event, several months down the road, there's going to be a full shift on Mother Earth and tsunamis are going to flood the planet, four or five mile high tsunamis, which basically leaves nowhere to hide on the surface. But, you know, we need to uh, focus on what about that uh, concept that we create our own reality? Well, we we don't want that to happen, really. I mean, there might be reasons for a bullshit. Maybe maybe there isn't, but I mean, Earth has to be. Earth basically travels around the sun. So as long as the planet Earth is still traveling around the sun, maybe there isn't a need for a pole system a pole shift because the sun will take us where we have to go. And uh, that, that's uh, something to consider too. But in our minds, we don't want tsunami waves to uh, flood over the whole earth. We want things to, uh, especially for in the newer reality, we want things to go smoothly, you know? 
I'm one for, I don't take no for an answer, you know, and I don't think the rest of us should either. And I don't think we should just go along with this idea, well, it has to be this way with the Polish. Well, why does it have to be that way? I say, I mean, if we have powerful minds and we can think that, well, we're not, we don't want the earth to shake up the waves and create tsunamis in the new earth. We want everything to be nice and peaceful and that uh, there is a way to do it if we look for it, I believe, and we put our minds together, you know, and focus on, you know, they keep telling us <laughs> on Twitter, they, uh, so many people out there keep telling you, uh, they're talking about the new future of Earth in the fifth dimension that we should be thinking about what we want the new Earth to be like. Well, my thought is I don't want uh, tsunami waves connected to some pole shift. I don't even know if we have to have a pole shift. I question that too. Why can't we just leave it the way it is? You know? Uh, but this needs to be talked out. It needs to be talked out with us, the humans who are being uh, living this reality out. I can't think of anybody who wants uh, tsunami waves to wash over the whole earth and uh, I believe most of you listening to me out there don't want that to happen we want things to be especially after the event this is supposed to be heaven on earth how can we have you know that's almost a contradiction hey we just moved into heaven on earth we've got new bodies we've got uh, every uh, all the negativity is gone and then we have to be subjected to tsunami waves and be taken off this new heaven and earth. That doesn't make any sense. What's the point of creating a new heaven and earth? And then we've got galactic uh, beings, uh, whatever they want to call themselves, uh, looking to uh, take us off this planet. And there's uh, motherships and stuff. That doesn't make any sense, you know? And and also, you know... uh, these people, uh, these uh, beings are galactic brothers and sisters that, you know, they're talking about uh, the, their uh, platforms on Twitter and Facebook and they're talking about all the things they've done for us and all the removal of all the bad things and stuff like that and uh, helping us uh, complete this ascension in one piece. And and uh, they're telling us, you know, we should think about what we uh want well we don't want tsunamis and we want a pole ship if it's going to make tsunamis and we don't want to take that as it has to be like that come on with you uh, galactic brothers and sisters with all your power to remove the demons off our world and uh, fight them in galactic battles uh, below the surface and up in the sky with all that power, and you're gonna. How can I can't accept that uh, you can't figure out a way uh, to stop this uh, scenario that you're telling us about? You know, and we don't even know if we can trust you. Yeah, that's right. You know, how much are we supposed to trust the people we haven't even met yet, and they refuse to meet us right now? And I mentioned it before when uh, it's going to be the, 
Alderaeans who are going to be do the first contact with humanity. Uh, you know, I, uh, if you if you land your craft on Earth and you go and talk to the government people, you're talking to the wrong people. You know, those in the government that might still be around and haven't been removed for being uh, evil negative agents. The whole uh, government setup in every country in the world, they don't represent people. You need to be talking to the common people that we've had to live under the uh, authority of governments really uh, have also sold us out to the dark side. And at the same time, you know, you need to uh, speak with us that that have uh, positive thoughts in their mind. And we don't want uh, to be given a, a quick glimpse of uh, the new Mother Earth and then have to be removed. And at the same time, we've, we've had plenty of warnings uh, from science fiction movies and stories that warn us about uh, alien groups that come in here and want to take us off in ships. And in particular, everybody needs to go see that Twilight Zone episode to serve man, you know, because it relates to something very similar that what is transpiring now, you know, to serve man. And uh, in the end of the episode... Well, I'm not going to tell you what the end of the episode is, but when you watch that episode, it'll make you think, why should we just trust aliens that want to take us up in in their ships and we don't even really know where they're going to take us, regardless of what they say? And why would we want to leave this new perfect Earth? And uh, they, they need to be working on that now. I mean... I can't believe they don't have the intelligence to uh, do a pole shift without uh, shaking the uh, oceans. And we have to even question, why do we need a pole shift? You know, I've heard the uh, commentary, well, other planets, uh, they're straight up, you know. The 23-degree angle that uh, the Earth rotates on... uh, Others say, well, that's that's the phantom matrix idea of shifting near 23 degrees. But here's something to think about common sense-wise and those of us that have learned to appreciate the change of the seasons. We only had the change of the seasons on Earth like we do is because we had that tilt of 23 or 23 and a half degrees. That's, that provides the changes of the seasons. So why would we want to get rid of that? You know, there's there's beauty and uh, in the changing of the seasons. You know, those that can't appreciate that beauty, yeah, they should be. Uh, they should uh, jump on the galactic ship to go to a planet that's uh, exactly straight up and down, and they won't have change of seasons. But I personally like to change of seasons. You know, there's a beauty to it. And uh, is anybody asking, do we want to change this or not? Well, they need to ask us. And I believe I'm not the only one who appreciates the changes of the seasons. 
and uh, they're planning on a pole shift that's going to set us straight up and down, north and south, east and west. Well, we'll lose we'll lose the season set on Earth, and also we we don't want to leave planet Earth, especially if it's going to be this glorious heaven on Earth, planet Earth. Why do we want to leave? You know, you're not doing us a favor by that, and maybe we want to ch- keep things the same, like we want to keep the uh, the 23 degree angle and the uh, changing of the seasons. These are all things that need to be talked out, and uh, these uh, galactic uh, confederation people who are apparently running the show, uh, they need to talk to us, the whole of humanity, about this. And uh, they need to get out of this head that... uh, (laughs) That uh, we're going to be okay. We just got uh, gonna. We've just uh, survived the event. We've got the new Earth. There's no evil around. Why do we? We have no reason, desire to leave this planet. Then we want to spend time in this heavenly world, and not just a couple of months, and then we have to leave. And there's no guarantee that we know that you're going to take us to some place that we like. And you're not, you know, you're telling us that, uh, like, we're supposed to just go along with what you're suggesting? Well, you've got a lot to learn about humanity. And the first thing is you should start communicating with us, you know? Uh, and uh, maybe there's somebody out there listening to me that has the connection to communicate with these galactic groups. You know the one rep, the the ones represented uh, by the cobra and the uh, the cobra entity, the cobra collective that uh, is at the 2012portal.blogspot.com. You know, I mean, I've tried some uh, my you know attempts and it's gotten nowhere. And uh, any communication, yeah, they've got an email thing. And uh, they they've uh, looking for people uh, uh, to help out with certain things, but at the same time they don't seem to understand what uh, you know. Uh, cooperating and getting along is a two-way street. You know, we we've had enough of uh, get, uh, just listening to other people tell us what to do. That's what our stinking governments have been doing too long on Earth and. You know, when you start sounding like our stinking governments, you know, we're getting skeptical. But so much for that. So love is the frequency we all need to concentrate on. Uh, Be loving and kind whenever you have a chance to. Put some joy into people's lives. Those who bring joy into the hearts of others cannot keep it from themselves. Yes. And when you're on... uh, the computer and you go to uh, YouTube, uh, check out uh, my Beatlemania videos and get a little grasp of how the Beatles changed the world for the better. They, they, Part of it was the love they projected with their personalities and watch, watch the, uh, the videos and grasp how they uh, made the little girls scream and talk out of their heads and and they uh they just made planet earth a better place 
without even trying. And it was their music and their personality and the love they projected. It's worth watching. Beatlemania in America and Beatlemania in America too. Out on YouTube. You can probably find it by just Googling it in the Google bar. But if not, go to YouTube.com. And in the search bar, Beatlemania in America and Beatlemania in America too. Check it out. And we're getting to the end of the show. Um, I apologize for the interruption, but, you know, what am I going to do? We're at the mercy of the machines. Uh, I won't be like that all the time, but uh, what can I say? And don't forget to listen to that uh, CD Baby song out there called Jerusalem by me, Tom Anderson. On my album, Song is Better Than Dylan. And you can listen to all the songs for free, but definitely listen to that one. And so we can all start thinking about what has to be done to bring some peace to the Middle East and peace to the world. We need to end all the wars. Yes, we do. And uh, um, also, uh, you're going to get to hear the last 30 seconds of my uh, song, Are You the Party in Kind? The whole song's out there on YouTube, too. And uh, followed by my anthem, I Gotta Be Somebody. That's also on my album, um, Songs Better Than Dylan. In fact, that's the first one, I Gotta Be Somebody. It's my anthem. It could be your anthem, too. Okay, Mr. Engineer, I'm going to do the countdown. Now, hey, people out there, tell your friends to tune in next week. You know, and uh, become part of the Connect the Dots experience. Yeah. Uh, okay, Mr. Engineer, here it is. Five, four, three, two, one, zero. Yeah.